welcome to Stories of Rune Terra. My name is Ravenhood, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Rune Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe filled with characters whose stories foster conversations of fascinating depth and relevance to our modern world. That was really philosophical. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Runeterra. This week's story is Swain, the Noxian Grand General. I have learned enough to detest all men. Only nations may be revered. If only I could get a voice as deep as Swain's. <laughs> Jericho Swain is the visionary ruler of Noxus, an expansionist nation that reveres only strength. Though he was cast down and crippled in the Ionian Wars, his left arm severed, he seized control of the empire with ruthless determination and a new demonic hand. Now, Swain commands from the front lines, marching against a coming darkness that only he can see, in glimpses gathered by shadowy ravens from the corpses all around him. In a swirl of sacrifice and secrets, the greatest secret of all is that the true enemy lies within. You guys don't know, and gals, which you likely don't. I really like ravens, so the, I, I like the aesthetic of this particular general. And there was a point at which I studied a lot of military history. So two marks to fascination with this guy. And if you have read the like collection of lore, the League of Legends like book lore that's put out, Noxus is actually a really fascinating nation to look at in the course of nation building. There's so much to unpack from that, but we'll have to do that some other time. Let's get on to the story. All right. Swain was born into a patrician family, one of many to exist since the first walls were raised around Noxus. Jericho Swain seemed destined for a life of privilege. The noble houses had played a key role in Borum Darkwill's rise to power, stoking rhetoric that their proud heritage was the nation's greatest strength. However, many hungered for greater influence, plotting against Darkwill in a secret cabal united by nothing more than the symbol of a black rose. Uncovering their intrigue, Swain personally executed the most prominent conspirators. Among them were his own parents whose whispers of a pale woman had first alerted him of the danger to Noxus, which he valued more than a house or kin. They sought power, a shapeless voice cackling in the darkness of the immortal bastion, something like a raven's caw. For exposing the cabal, Swain was granted a commission in the Noxian army. Far from anything he had ever known, there he had learned firsthand that the Empire was not strong because of Noxians, as he had believed, but because of the way it could unite all men in spite of their origins. 
On the front lines, a foreign slave could be the equal of a highborn noble. But still, Swain found only darkness in the wake of each battle. Clouds of carrion crows. After securing the western borders, Swain's own reputation was secured in Sharima, where his forces raised countless Nakstora above the desert sands. Yet, in time, it became clear that greed was the sole purpose driving the empire forward. Fighting wars on too many fronts, lusting over magical relics, the aging Boram Darkwill was clearly growing unhinged. When Noxus invaded Ionia, Dark Will began to move even more brazenly, retasking entire warbands to scour the land for anything rumored to extend a mortal lifespan. With Swain's forces depleted, it became nearly impossible to engage the enemy. Finally, at the Battle of the Placidium, after luring the local Milita into what should have been a trap, Swain's war host was overrun. His veterans were routed, and Swain was gravely wounded his knee shattered, Ionian blades cleaving through his left arm. As he lay on the verge of death, a raven approached to feed, and Swain felt an old familiar darkness press upon him again. But he would not let it take him. He could not. Staring into the bird's eye, he saw reflections of the evil strangling the heart of Noxus. A black rose, a pale woman, and her puppet emperor. Swain realized that he had not defeated the Hidden Cabal, and they had betrayed him to what should have been his death, after seducing Darkwill, the man they failed to overthrow. All this was glimpsed, not in the mind of a raven, but something more. The power his parents had been seeking, the demonic eyes blazing in the dark. Cast out of the military for his failure, considered nothing more than a cripple, Swain set about uncovering what truly lay within the immortal bastion, an ancient entity preying upon the dying and consuming their secrets as it had attempted to consume his own. Swain stared into that darkness and seeing what even it could not, a way to wield it. Though his meticulous preparations took many years, Swain and his remaining allies seized control of Noxus in a single night. Physically restored by the demon, he crushed Dark Will in full view of his followers, leaving the throne shattered and empty. Swain's vision for the future of Noxus is one of strength through unity. He has pulled back the war host from Dark Will's unwinnable campaigns, and with the establishment of the Triferix, ensured that no individual can rule unopposed. He embraces any who will pledge themselves to the Empire, even the Black Rose, though he knows, in secret, they still plot against him. Gathering knowledge as the demon did before him, Swain has foreseen far greater dangers lurking just beyond. However, many Noxians secretly wonder if the darkness they face will pale in comparison to the dark things Swain has done. The sacrifices are only beginning, for the good of Noxus. Oh my goodness, there's so much cool stuff. Like, first of all, we have this, this like Nietzschean idea of staring into the abyss 
and what happens when you look back into the abyss with this opportunity for dark power. So there's something to, you know, chew on and like meditate on how we should conduct ourselves with each other. We have this really neat, I'm going to use the word redemption story, though it does also in this particular case involve the murder of hundreds and thousands, hundreds. So there's like this weird two-sided thing. And then there's like something that I noticed while I was reading this. There's like this connection to like, all right, I'm going to use the example and I don't mean to offend, but this is a historical, an interesting historical correlation to Swain. The government that existed before Swain and the manner in which Dark Will was ruling it is reminiscent of the declining years of Nazi Germany during World War II. This idea that the leader is going mad and someone has to step up to fulfill the quote-unquote original vision. But then... That was reformed to a degree, but still keeping this weird vein of Swain's like, he's not good, but he's practical. And that's a great question is, can, do you sacrifice or compromise in morality to achieve a practical end or is utilitarianism the end goal? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Well, let's get into the story that we can find with Swain on the uh, League of Legends universe on LeagueofLegends.com, etc., etc. This one is entitled The Black Powder Plot, and it is written by David Slagle, which, of course, just IRL, my name is Guy, and a particular historical figure by the name of Guy Fox was also involved in a black powder plot. But it's not the 5th of November, and we need not remember gunpowder, treason, and plot. For I see no reason that gunpowder and treason should ever be forgot. All right, let's jump in here. The Black Powder Plot by David Slagle. He arrived at the camp only moments before the strategy council was to begin, flanked by a small honor guard, each handpicked from the Trifarian Legion. They remained at the entrances as I watched him approach. Some men cast a shadow greater than themselves, but few could bring a darkness such as this, one that circled above us and hungrily cawed. In a way, the ravens that seemed to follow him around the camp were a grim reminder of every warrior's fate. The tattered cloth in their beaks a match for the state of our own banners, yet as he strode into the remains of the war tent, I realized I had not prepared myself for how truly mortal he looked. There 
there was gray in his hair. Framed by a crimson sky choking on ash, his battle-worn armor gave way to a functional coat, and he kept his arms tightly within its folds, as I imagined one of his lineage might. I smiled, for he was still, at his heart, a gentleman. He wore no signs of rank beyond the telltale scars of a soldier who had seen his fair share of bloodshed. There were many gathered now for the council who demanded more fear and respect, swaying their war hosts with powerful displays of strength. Each of them seemed more capable of breaking the man before us. But somehow, this was the man who led us all, the Grand General of Noxus. Looking at him, I could feel there was something I could not place— no matter how closely I looked. Something truly unknowable, perhaps. Perhaps it was because there was something unknowable about this man that so many flocked to his side. Whatever the draw, Jericho Swain stood before us now, and it was far too late for me to turn back. Five war hosts had marched into the Rokrun Plain, but it had only been a matter of weeks before the locals had shattered our positions. They blasted through our hastily constructed berms with explosive powder, mined from hills that seemed even more barren than those of home. Disaster had built upon disaster until Swain himself had no choice but to intervene. I had made sure of that. For months, I had prepared. I had sent war masons deep into the mines. I'd mapped every detail, every conceivable twist of the land, and the fates upon which Noxus now balanced, the whispers that gave each moment shape. My ear itched at the memory of the pale woman's words, of the moment she first commanded me and gave voice to our plot. Everything was in place. I had accounted for it all. Here, where the earth opened into a maze of canyons impossible to escape, I and I alone would determine the future of the Empire. After all, was that not what Swain had called upon this council to do? My trusted generals, Swain said finally. The power in his voice rang out like the drawing of a blade. He paused as if giving us a moment to test ourselves against its keen edge. Tell me how Noxus may prevail. There are twelve war barks here in the hills, Leto began, pointing to a spot on the map already worn white by his attention. Each drawn by a basilisk, send them before the war bands, and we'll be marching over the enemy dead. Those beasts would rot out a hedge of rusty spears if we let them. He smiled pleased at his own cunning, but Swain was more concerned with the wine being poured into his glass. Will it be poison? His eyes seemed to ask as he peered around the table. I stared at my reflection in his armor. I would betray nothing of my intent. We can scarcely control the basilisks ourselves, Swain finally murmured, carefully regarding the fine Ionian vintage. Imagine if a single explosive dropped by a sapper within earshot of the beasts. And then tell me, in your imagination, who runs first? The basilisks with their tails between their legs, or your vaunted war host? 
We scorch the earth, then! Mayula petitioned before Leto could respond, the words flying wildly from her mouth. Set fire to the pitch they've laid, or to burn on our advance, and drive them out of those damn mines! Swain sighed. <sighs> we came here for the very earth you would burn, though I suppose it is too much to expect you to know the uses of saltpeter. He swirled the wine in his glass, betraying a hint of disappointment. All you have done so far is bury your own men with it. The red blades are still sharp. Janat spat impatiently from the shadows where he lurked, the darkness seeming almost to bright against his shuriman skin. We'll enter the mines after dusk. Take out their leaders, clean or messy, doesn't matter. Ha ah, ah. ha, an admirable strategy. Swain laughed, but those leaders are not soldiers. Not yet. Our enemy here merely follows whomever bellows the loudest. Kill one, and there will be three bellowing by morning. I laughed, nodding to the frowning leader of the Red Blades. <laughs> for a moment, I was afraid you'd actually find for us a way to actually win, Janat. Silence fell around the table. The candles were burning low beside the maps. This was my moment. The pale woman would be pleased. I would say her name as I sent our grand general to oblivion. The truth is, you cannot win this battle, I continued. No one can fight death, not even the ruler of Noxus. Darkwill showed us that. Swain and the others watched as I carefully drew the flint striker from my tunic. The fuse line was already in the other hand. Leto, aging hero of the Siege of Fenrath, bristled. Granth, what are you doing? He growled. Glancing down at the crude demolition charged I had carefully positioned under the table barely an hour before, you would threaten the Grand General? This is treason! This is treason! Still, none of them dared approach me. I held the striker over the fuse ready. Except, except some... Someone was laughing? It took me a moment to realize who it was. <laughs> and there, General Grant is the one who has the right of it, Swain chuckled, smoothing the wrinkles from his coat. He alone understands. The rest of you, you see a battle and ask what you must do to avoid defeat. But some battles cannot be won. Sometimes the only strategy is to burn. To charge into the flames knowing full well you will die. With that 20,000 march behind you, and that behind them, there is a greater power. He let his coat fall open to reveal... To... To reveal... Grant and I he said with a cruel smile, will always look for what must be sacrificed in order to win. Maelet lunged for my trembling hands, Leto too, but it was Swain's inhuman grip that clamped around my throat 
hefting me from the ground. <gasps> the unlit fuse forgotten. If only you could tell her yourself how you failed. The Grand General whispered, his voice rumbling with the wrath of eons. If only she, too, could heed the wisdom of the dead. I tried to scream then, to confess it all, to somehow beg for forgiveness. But there's nothing out, save for the soft murmur of whispers. I spill my secrets. This tale into your ears, fading like the rustling of wings, as the raven cries its carrion call. Well, there's Swain for you. I really enjoy that as a character. I'm a dungeon master. In my spare time when I'm not doing school and the rest of my stuff. And characters like this are the most intriguing for me. Either to incorporate into a campaign. Like I think it would be super fun to have a villain or an NPC like Swain. This person who is like the epitome of utilitarianism. And the idea that you do what you need to do. F to like get what you believe done done. And there's a lot to figure out like where is where and is there a line and all that i just i am on a musing reflective stint in my own thinking and life and it is super fun to read stories especially ones around something we all really enjoy like league of legends or legends of runeterra or whatever and kind of dig into those in our own reflection i am 100 percent of the persuasion that stories i mean i'm not that you need to be persuaded of this this is like biological um that humans are shaped by narrative and or story and whatever you whatever story you read yourself into or you consume to the point that it it shapes your thinking is gonna shape how you treat other people and it, it anyway so it's super fun and all this uh, but regardless, I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you for that. Uh, I think I'm going to be able to keep doing this for fun over the holidays. I'm not traveling because I'm trying to be responsible and take into consideration what's going on in the world. So my family is not going to be traveling. At the very least, I might release a day later come January 1st. Not sure. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I post all kinds of weird stuff. Reflections, thoughts, cool things. I'm brewing mead right now. Um, but anyway, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate all y'all's patronage, patronage, patronage. Suddenly we're all back to being British, even though I'm not actually British. Uh, and we'll go from there. So carry on, old chaps and chapettes. I don't know. The conjugation of that term and we'll see you down the road <laughs>